Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the Lunar New Year event, new signings, and the Shock versus the World event. Coming to you live, pre-recorded from my bedroom and Kevin's. Welcome to the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. How did you like that switch up of our intro? Ha, because I talked about how boring the hello hello was. But um, yeah, uh, welcome back to our regularly scheduled programming. We hope that you enjoyed the special episode we did with Avalon. Um, got a, a, a pretty good amount of, of views from that one. So thank you all for listening and thank you all for tuning back in. If you're new and you just discovered us through that episode, hello, we talk about nonsense and video games. <laughs> How are you doing, Kevin? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I woke up super late. I'm, I'm just rolling out, but uh, it sounds like, you know, work wants to pick up again, which is something that, uh, you know, especially during the pandemic, we all we all need you know an occupation at some point but yeah i've just been like waiting for something to happen and now they're like hey we're doing stuff again and i'm like okay so let's get let's get rolling uh how about you how's how's everything going on your end not well um my my grandmother passed away last night so i am doing my best to distract myself with a thousand different things so that i don't crumble into just sobbing mess i cried a lot last night um so i'm not like i'm not like avoiding it because of some like toxic masculinity or or bullshit or like that but um it's just i I have so much going on right now that i like i can't afford to to stop moving like i have two um two zoom plays going on i've got this i've got i mean i'm taking a break from the other podcast um but yeah um yeah what was i saying i forgot i got lost there um aside from that it's it's been it's been okay uh just trying to trying to keep positive trying to trying to move on life doesn't stop but um yeah uh i'm gonna cuss again right now which i don't normally do but fuck covid um fuck all of you who don't believe that COVID is real and don't wear your masks. I'm sorry if that makes us lose listeners who maybe don't think it's real, but it's real. Um, we ha- I w- haven't been allowed to see my grandma since maybe two Christmases ago, just because she was in, she was trying to recover from surgery in a recovery center. We weren't allowed to see her. It got worse. And instead of, of being able to leave there and, and be with us, she died alone in a hospital bed. So um, please take things seriously. My my condolences to all of you who have also lost people during this pandemic. Um, but enough of the sad things. Back to the happy things. Um, I don't even know what I've been doing video game-wise. I think I've just been busy doing rehearsals. Um, but what is new in the world of Kevin playing games and streaming? Um, I've been I've been playing a lot of Val. I've been off stream playing uh overwatch trying to get you know the the event skins and whatnot um i've been playing sneaky bus have you ever heard of sneaky bus before no i've never heard of sneaky bus all right uh 
it's kind of like my new chill game, but essentially, okay, take take the IKEA or the you know the Nokia like snake game that you used yeah. to play on your yeah. okay. It's you take yeah, yeah. So you take snake, except you're a bus, okay, and you're a bus and you pick up passengers, and when you drop them off at a stop, you get longer. So, uh. Yeah, it starts to get insane, like the original Snake was, where you start, you start have to playing Snake, where you have to like coil around things and like optimize how much space you can use. Um, except, you know, it's on a 3D plane, so you're actually playing as a bus. Um, mm-hmm. The the funniest thing though is like there, the the bus gets faster, just like the Snake in, you know, the original game gets faster um, the longer you go. So you can have like a thousand segments of your bus. And if you make a mistake from like 10 minutes ago, you'll see it uh-huh. and you'll, you'll know because you won't be able to move anywhere. Um, so in the latest update, luckily they updated it to have like a jump pack. So you're able to like get out of just being sandwiched in a corner. Um, so sneaky bus has been my like chill game and people are like, the frames are dropping because I have like <laughs> a thousand bus segments behind me. Um, and the other one that I've been playing, uh, I just got yesterday and I played with a friend is called wild honesty. Um, it's a party game for, for deeper conversations. And oh dear, <laughs> it is a, it's a very weird game. Um, it uses the same, like, I guess the, the phone screen format as like the Jackbox games, but mm-hmm. They they ask like really deep questions. Like the first thing that they'll do is like they'll they'll like try to warm up the crowd. They'll be like, "Yes, this sound," and it's like a dog, and you'll you'll be like, "Oh, okay, that that is a dog." And then everybody's like, "Yay!" And then they ask like, "Um, what what was one that we had last night?" It was um, if you could talk to you know, anybody living or anybody who has passed away, what would you ask them? And why is that significant to you? Right? You're just like, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, man. And other ones were like, what is the most embarrassing thing that you recall that keeps you up late at night? And and like, it's just hard questions that they, they ask you. Um, and then at the very end, it's, it nicely wraps it up and they're like, Oh, okay. Uh, what do you appreciate? What do you appreciate about the other player? And or uh, what is one thing that you're thankful that the other player has done for you that they might not know? Right. It, it's just an overall like yeah. good, like deep conversations, but uh, they mix it in with like trying to be a party game. But it, it's funny. What is this called again? It's called Wild Honesty. Um, it is on Steam. I think it's twenty bucks. I got it because like I saw a couple friends playing it and they're like, yeah, you, you tend to get into this territory when you're like that late at night. So we might as well yeah. like turn yeah. this into a game. And so we did that. I'll take a look at it because we uh, during our, our meetings for the other podcast for Finding Founders, we do we start each meeting with some games. So this would be a fun one to get us all in our feels. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of. It is deep for no reason, but the the uh, mini game that they have like on the inside is like guess that sound, and it goes from like basic <laughs> things where it's like you know like a cow or a horse, right? 
And then it gets mm-hmm. very specific. It's like, that's a liar bird or that's a sloth. <laughs> and then the last one I asked my friend and we got like, it, it just sounded like rockets, right? And I was like, what is this? And I'm like, is this an animal? And he's like, no. And I'm like, why would you not give me an animal after giving us like eight animals in a row? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I'll 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 tell you it's, it's a plane of some sort. And I'm like, okay. So ended up being a, a rocket ship. We didn't know what that, you know, what that sound is. It's just loud engines. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. It's an interesting game. I would recommend playing with uh, anyone, really, because they do have different levels. You're allowed to adjust the level of like comfortability you have with mm-hmm. the other people. Um, and then also there's some topics that like, let's say if you're not, uh, if you're not comfortable talking about like, your uh like loss or you know past present future or something like that you could check that off um and or like politics you could check all those things off um and just play with the topics that everybody is comfortable with all right so let's move into what we have for today a lot of non-overwatch stuff but also a lot of overwatch stuff um so i'm sure a lot of you have played super smash bros melee um if if not, um, I'm sure you could probably find like a when COVID's over, a party of people like somewhere in your area who still probably plays it. It's it's pretty fun. Like, is it still like consi- Do Smash tournaments still use melee, or have they moved to ultimate? Because I know for a while people like rejected like the um, rejected Brawl, they rejected um, the 3DS and the Wii U version. Yeah. I think Nintendo's starting to try to get on it a little bit more. Um, uh-huh. But they they still haven't offered, once again, like cash prizes. There's no cash prizes for Melee or for uh, Ultimate Tournaments. Oh, okay. So Melee is more of like the standard. So mm-hmm. a lot of players who are like in the hardcore competitive scene still just play Melee. Just lugging around their, their old like tube TVs. And Dude, the-, the CRTs like are annoying and heavy like i understand people want to play it and then yeah you have to lug it around um but when you work at a convention and you have to set up that table and they're like who's the strongest guy here and you just point to someone else you're just like i'm not (laughs) not gonna do it yeah i am not working out today i know how many like we had to set up i think 20 of them for a tournament and to carry those around, like you had to put one or two of them on a wagon and then set that up on a table with each GameCube. It was insane. Like that took us, I think, a couple hours because we had to go from like the truck upstairs. Like we had to take an elevator and it was just busy as hell. But yeah, uh, th- those TVs are stupid heavy. Uh, just allow melee to be like reported or something like essentially but just port it out to the switch you know you have the adapter like just do it i remember one time for a uh what was it for for the daily brew when i worked there i was covering um the local smash player community and i think like i i expected the tv carrying around i expected them carrying around their uh game cubes and whatnot but i didn't expect like the weird ways they hold their controller it's just i, I can't describe it 
but you know the normal way you hold the control is very ergonomic it fits in your hand but the way that they're playing it's like no hand is meant to be positioned like that um so that's that's my experience with the smash community but anyways at the, if you've played smash you know at the very end of the um like the modes the classic mode adventure mode whatever uh there's that scene where you're able to like play through the credits and shoot them all um it's very hard to do i have never hit all of them and i i think don't think most people in the world have but there was apparently uh, some guy challenged the internet to like hit every single credit and you'll give you three thousand dollars some guy did it which boggles my mind because it's so hard to do um who's so the guy who offered it was um nathan bandy who's a member of the youtube channel youtube channel minus world um apparently porky zarate was the guy who actually did it so he uploaded it to youtube it was really interesting to to watch it it's like i don't know if i'd be able to have that much dexterity even even now that i'm older to do that um yeah, apparently he said the hardest part was hitting all of the voice actors' names because they come in from all different directions and there is no room for error. After you get the hardest part, you just got to stay composed and hit the rest. So, um, damn. Yeah, like, people think that the game itself is Melee. Nah, this is the real game. Like, <laughs> This it, is what the, you play through Melee to get to. Yeah, exactly. Like, the... The actual fighting game melee part is just uh, that. That's just the the warm up for the actual game. You know, that's the that's the prequel. You you beat Master Hand, and then you're just like, oh, okay, you think you're done, but no, this is the real game. Uh, but honestly, like, this is is really impressive to watch. Like, if you do go back and watch, you know, the full credit shoot, it it is kind of insane. Um, about how these guys are you know, hitting all 190 uh, titles at the Is end of the credits. There 190? There's 190. I probably hit maybe 100. I missed like half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then again, I haven't played Smash since... I want to say the last time I played it was probably like 2007. Yeah. Sleepovers. Yeah, it, it's a obviously it's a very old game you everybody who had like a gamecube essentially had this game at some point um but yeah it it's a it's a classic if anything uh i'm glad that people are playing other parts of the game like this is it, it's kind of those things where it's like um you know a side game that people want to ace or want to like you know master down but I, yeah i never thought that we would be covering, you know, the Smash Bros. <laughs> melee credits uh, this late in its lifetime. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to know that, you know, this is something that people are actually trying to do. It, it speaks to the power and testament of, of what Smash means to the gaming community at large and in gaming history. If what, how, when did Smash come out? Like what, 2003, I want to say? What, Melee? Yeah. Uh November twenty second, two thousand one. Two thousand one. I was two years off, dang. Um, but like what, twenty years later, people are still actively playing it and there are still things people haven't done. Um, so good job to Smash. Uh 
also speaking of smash um i i know that one of our and the overwatch community's biggest hopes um was that tracer would be coming to smash as a, as a character i know jeff really is pushing for that um but some of the the, the more hardcore smash community are, are are more skeptical that we'll get any of the guest characters that we want a lot of people were pushing for master chief a lot of people were pushing for uh doom guy uh, we're of course pushing for tracer or at least jeff was i'm think i think that there'd be better characters to go instead of tracer um but the reason why people are skeptical is because apparently there's a, a, a tournament scheduled. I think it's, th- it's probably actively through Nintendo. I can't find the story on this right now, um, but it's a projectiles only tournament. Now, apparently the, I keep saying apparently, but uh, this is, I guess, scheduled for before the next fighter pack comes out. And the, there's the reasoning behind this, in the community is that if they were going to release any of those new characters and if they were going to be uh, projectile characters like the guest characters we wanted then why wouldn't nintendo wait until after they're released to maybe showcase them and try to get more uh, people excited to buy those characters why would they do the tournament before that so that's the reason people are thinking that we might not get anybody that we really are pushing for right now um that being said, BlizzCon line is still coming up pretty soon. So I, I don't know how likely it is, but there is still a sliver of hope we might get that Overwatch announcement. And I mean, that's not precluding some melee characters in uh, Smash. Like we were talking right before this, Kevin Reinhardt would be a fantastic addition. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's Genji. Well, he's kind of projectile. Um, Brig. Brig, uh, do doom fist. We don't need brig breaking another game. <laughs> Just the toxicity seeps. Yeah, <laughs> like out of all the characters in Overwatch, you got to bring the one that started goats. <laughs> her her final smash is just goats. <laughs> like, oh dear lord! Just, just bring you know, calling the rest of of that meta. Yeah, the goats lineup. It's like the the, uh, the Pokemon's final smash. Yeah. Ew, I hate myself for even even suggesting Brig. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I'm I'm taking that energy out of the universe. Please don't do that, Nintendo. Um but, so, yeah, go for it. Yeah, for but for Smash, I think uh when we were talking about like, you know, the whole there's a projectile thing, a projectile tournament. If they are gonna release a character um that happens to be from overwatch um we'll see if it actually gets that you know the the front and center spot or if overwatch gets you know the the me gunner treatment where they give them like you know a probably a me gunner skin or um just like for a couple characters but i think tracer would probably be the go-to one um yeah they're not gonna flush out a full character I think that'd be like super disappointing for the, the community. I don't, I think at that point it's better not to do it than to do it. True. Just leave it, leave it be because then people are, are going to be salute insult. All right. So another, another topic that we've covered before on this show, that's not exclusively overwatch related, but it's very gamer related. So um, 
we've talked about RGB before and just the aesthetics of gamers, especially with like clothing and, and merch and equipment and and stuff like that. Um, but PC Gamer recently wrote an article that says gaming hardware needs to grow up. Um, and the subtitle is these days, you're not a gamer if you don't RGB everything you have. There's a headphone stand, right? A headset stand. It's just black, simple, sleek, functional. It does its purpose. And then there's the gaming headphone stand that's like clear blue, like super edgy. Um, and obviously I'm not a streamer, so I don't need to stand out, but I can definitely see both sides of this argument. The one side is that like the, the gamer aesthetic is, is very much its own. It's been developed by this community. It's what people expect. Like you need some way to like, if you're going to stream, you need some way to, to make your setup look good. You need to stand out. You need to have um, something that, that catches people's eye. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like, I kind of do see it as like, it can be a little bit more sophisticated, I think. And that's not to say that gaming should be elite, but it's like, if, but also it's like, why, why is there a premium price just because you colored something differently? Like if, if something is normally black, like why am I paying more if it's blue? Yeah, I could I could understand both sides here. Like for me, I am, you know, hardcore gamer. All my shit is indeed RGB. Uh but <laughs> uh I feel like the reason for it is it's not just the meme of like, oh, everything has to be colorful. Um I feel like if gamers are intelligent with their with their picks, um you kind of use the RGB to pick a color that you want your case and your and everything to kind of match and be um and it it gives you more options like the the main reason why like rgb should be an option is because when you are playing uh when you're when you're looking at the console wars you know how like everybody's like oh xbox is better than ps4 or yeah, PS4 yeah. Is better than xbox yep, whatever yep. everybody's at their next um yep when you when you're an xbox fan you like black and green right when you're a playstation fan you like the black and blue aesthetic right mm-hmm. um and then occasionally you know they'll switch the white in whenever for us as gamers we're just like i could pick whatever color i want you know i want purple and yellow that is my color now like <laughs> you can do that with with your whole setup um i do understand what they're saying in terms of you know growing up because like if you look if if somebody came into your my room and was looking at my pc and being like why is it so rainbow? And I'm like, because for me, I think you know, it looks it looks nice. It's it's a little flashy, yes. It does show off everything in the case, but that's kind of the point of like showing off what's inside of your computer. It's to draw attention to it. Um, the way to grow it up, so to say, would be to have more. I would say customize like to be able to customize it in a way where it's affordable for the for the consumer um but it has that level of you know customized like a lot of people do custom keyboards that's something that has been a lot more popular in the 
in the recent times at least um people will get like you know a stock keyboard get keycaps that have like a certain design on it um use that <clears throat> on their keys uh figure out which you know which type of keycaps they're they're looking for um other people look for like backplates for their gpu it's just a matter of getting the aesthetic correct like whatever you want your pc to look like um mm-hmm. you should be able to customize and get that together um but yeah i do for now honestly like the rgb thing is fine just because we have that flexibility and being able to have that flexibility is something that pc gamers are really happy about um other people are just you know for the memes it's just like oh colorful keyboard people looky uh but for for me personally it's just a it's a design choice like if i want my whole thing to be a certain color i can um and i just like the way how it looks for now Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time before something evolves and like people will be like okay rgb is in the past let's try let's try something else let's just try like sleek uh colors and whatnot um but for now i feel like rgb is here to stay until there's something that's like significantly cooler pure speculation but do you think there there's any timeline for when like trends are going to shift or, or is because i rgb has been around so long like you said i don't think it's going anywhere yeah um i think if it is gonna shift it's gotta be with obviously like new technology like um let's just say if a bunch of new tech that comes out only represents their their brand's color so to say so mm-hmm. like Razer's black and green, Corsair is yellow, um, you know, uh, HyperX is red, but having to just kind of focus down on one color might be able to unify the look. We don't know if people are really into that. I'm not. I I'd mm-hmm. rather have options. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I don't feel like there's gonna be a time anytime soon where that will change um i do feel like it is it's definitely here to say rgb is just too like in your face about it to go away um but if there is something that does come out i I don't know what it would have to be if it's like metallic chrome maybe uh that might that might be something but you know it doesn't have light um (laughs) Like I feel full like on is a step backwards. Honestly, yeah, it it, it doesn't reflect the light. <laughs> uh, you you need just something equally as flashy or cool. I mean, um, for the simple like things that I've seen, people will go with, um, or like my personal dream build. I've been looking at the the Kraken, uh, fans, so to say, from. From NZXT, um, NZXT has like there. Yeah, oh, hold on. The Kraken uh, Z seventy five seventy three. Okay, so this is like one of the things that I was definitely looking for um, to personalize the whole thing. I'm gonna find you on Facebook real quick. Let me just send this over. 
uh, open, please. There we go. Okay. So, uh, this piece is essentially, it is a CPU fan. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is an LED, like, uh, or an LCD display that is on top of it. So, people have been using that to put in their own, like, emblem, a little bit of a... Oof. The price put tag. A gift. It is huge. It is a big price tag. But it That's is... That's $280. Yeah, it, this is, like, going all out. This is, like, shelling. Although I am not one to talk, I spend too much money on comic books. So, <laughs> all good. I am not one to judge. But, yeah, it, it you can put, like, a little customized piece in there. Um, but a lot of people who have been you know, looking at custom builds and trying to make everything work on their own. Uh, yeah, you want to have something that is unique to you. You want to have a PC that is unique. Um, whether you think, you know, RGB, having RGB everything uh, is unique. Mine definitely reflects that because I built this probably like, I want to say I've had this PC for about five years. So, yeah, probably like back in 2016-ish um, was when I actually built this PC. And it was very RGB back then, and it still is. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to like a more calm, customized set for my next one. Um, maybe, maybe not as much RGB, but, you know, just a little bit sprinkled mm -hmm. here and there. I stick to my PlayStation and my Nintendo Switch for right now because I am poor and I like the consoles. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the last... No, no, not last. There's two more. We have two more um, non-Overwatch stories. Um, Kevin, you could probably talk a little bit more about this one because you're more invested in Riot than I am. But um, the Riot CEO... Uh, where is that story? Uh, Riot CEO Nicolo Laurent or Laurent, I don't know how he pronounces it. Sounds European, um, but Riot CEO Nicolo Laurent um, was recently. Uh, he's being investigated right now for sexual harassment allegations. Um, apparently, when one of his one of his employees made a complaint that. Um, he asked her to come to his house while his wife was away, according to Kotaku. Um, and then she also said that he, um, he would tell various female employees that a way to handle that the way that women handle stress is by having babies during the COVID era. Um, and after one woman rejected his advances. She had her work duties taken away. Apparently, he is co fully cooperating and pledged his support during the process until this is resolved. But I mean, based on what we've seen in entertainment right now, based on what we know about how toxic the gaming community can be, um, and like speaking of toxic and entertainment, like Joss Whedon stuff coming out again right now, um, I, I honestly do not doubt that this happened yeah i if we are going back i don't want to like put on the the tinfoil hat again but i i will um 
Riot has been in this problem before. Um, back in, I would say, a couple of years ago, uh, they say here, 2018, um, there was that incident where it was just blatant, like, sexism uh, at Riot Gaming. There was, like, sexual harassment. There was a lot of, like, it was a lot of bro culture at uh, at Riot, and they made a pledge, like, as a company to, like, try to make this more equal for everyone, try to have equal uh, opportunities and treatment for everybody. Uh, everybody should just be, you know, if you're working together, just be nice. Don't be, don't be assholes. But honestly, like, th- this is not a good look for Riot again. Um, it's not you shouldn't reflect the intentions of a whole company on, you know, their CEO, but it is their CEO uh, who is the one who is in hot water right now. I feel like when it comes to this kind of stuff, you realize that having so much like fame and power in a certain field uh, makes people like think that you're the top of the world or whatever. Absolutely. If anything, like you, you need to come back down and realize, you know, you're also human. We all bleed. Uh, we all get, we could all get stabbed any day. Like just chill. <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that these things are still going on at riot is, is showing that whatever they're doing there did not work. Um, or they need to sit this guy down and tell him, like, hey, have you ever been in a room with a child before? How Ugh. does this relieve stress? Like, no. <laughs> just just leave him. That should be his, like, therapy session. It's just like, okay, I'm going to put you in a room with, like, three kids. You have two hours to hang on to them. And then just never return. Just, <laughs> just let him deal with that and be like, okay. How how did that make yeah. you feel? Uh I mean, like I I in one of the recent episodes of Finding Founders, we interviewed a woman who's like she was talking about motherhood, and it's like as soon as you hear the words you're pregnant, or as soon as you see that positive um pregnancy test, your your thoughts immediately go to we gotta start saving for college. I mean, how does that relieve stress? Yeah, it, it's like you have to start saving money for somebody. Who's not you? You yeah. know, he's not even uh, there yet. Yeah, like it, it's weird, but honestly, I I do think that this needs to be completely investigated. We got to see if you know if this is. I I think if anything, this is actually true. Uh, very riot culture, sadly. Um, and it's just coming back to haunt them. I feel like, uh, obviously if this is the way how it is uh riot needs a new ceo i'm clearly not in position to do that but <laughs> pretty sure there's a lot of qualified people right uh who will be able to do that for you so honestly like investigate this to the fullest make sure that everything is correct and then make your make your switch from there um but yeah i just hope that they answer correctly like just Give him what he needs to do properly and uh, be on your way. And and of course, there's always 
the possibility that he is innocent i there that is also on the table but i mean based on riot's history based on what we know about people in power how power uh, power just corrupts um it, it's something that it needs to be taken very seriously something that is pervasive in not just the entertainment industry but in all industries so um be better people like learn from this and when you've got your chance to be in a position of power don't abuse it just like be nice to everyone um last thing that we have that's not overwatch related um i am super excited to see where this goes but apparently the uk is now making moves to make scalping of electronics um especially consoles on a crime uh the movement is gaining in momentum more and more people are or legislators i guess are are putting their their weight behind it but i mean if you look at how bad the uh the playstation and xbox thing happened i mean it's mostly playstation but how how bad that was over 2020 and over christmas and i mean even now like i still see people trying to scalp for at least 800 probably i think the cheapest i've seen was 650 for a playstation but they're easily going for 800 900 but like i don't see why um this would be opposed at all i mean there, there's something to be said for the resale market which like collectors do it it's fine but scalping i think it's its own definition and it's its own problem, but I can see how it can get murky. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, if this does go through and even if it doesn't like I, my main interest in this is to see how the U S maybe would jump on this trend. Cause I mean, according to this article, at least 10% of PS fives are estimated as resale. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like this is actually a very smart move by the UK. Um, They're just protecting the customer. They realize that there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of scalping going on where people will buy uh, consoles and then just jack up the price, like buy out like maybe the entire stock or like 10 PS5s and then they'll just resell them for like a stupid amount higher. Um. This happened, I remember, when uh, there was a Black Friday sale for Switches and people would buy up all the Nintendo Switches and then they just sat on it until the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, uh, they they shot up from being, you know, like a $300 oh, console to being like 450 And I'm like, there was no reason for me to pay that much to get, you know, a console at that at that price, you know, so. If anything, right. I think, um, I I don't know what the specific rules of it are, but I do feel like if there's a time limit between, like, I wouldn't say just purchase and sell, but also just like, I I don't want to like limit, you know, certain things. Like I would say maybe maximum two per customer. I don't see why anyone else would buy more than two consoles. Um, like you could get one for you, one for, one as a gift. Like yeah, there. 
you shouldn't be able to buy out like a ton of these and then just have a monopoly on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, well, well, that's not going to stop people from going back in and going back out. I mean, it, it's going to severely limit your ability to do that, and it's going to make it more work to to stock up. Exactly, and when it comes to like scalping on the internet, I feel like you have to you have to be very careful about what they're selling. I mean, I remember watching videos or like short things on Twitter where they're like, "Look at these idiots who are bidding on a PS5 box." Like the like it's not even the it's not even the console's not even in the box. It says it just says like box display only like in the description and people are like bidding up $600 for it and they're like there's nothing in the box like it's literally just the box um but yeah it things like that shouldn't happen like you should have a fair market when it comes to buying these electronics and people who essentially just buy them all out and then hike up the price it's just it's not helpful for anyone um no one's going to be able to buy them and at the same time like it, it's really unfair to the manufacturers themselves because they're the ones not making any money off of it the, these things get posted all the time like resales for ps5s mainly that i see get posted all the time at um on the ucla like free and for sale page um, and i see them also on other pages but like i know on other pages there, I see people willing to pay that price, but I know mostly on um, the UCLA page, like one, we're all like people in there are like really poor because students and recent grads and whatnot, but also like people are not standing for it. It's, it's, it's awesome to see just people trolling the, the posters. There was one guy who was trying to sell one for, I think, I don't know how much I would think it was like, and like his thing was like stop attacking me as as a seller like i have the product you want it you pay the price like i have to pay my bills too this is this is an economy blah 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 and it's like dude no stop trying to justify scalping you like you're you're just making people who actually want it and actually need it like it's hard harder for us to do like scalping shouldn't be your your primary income It, it doesn't count as a job you can't like tell people i'm a scalper for a living you know yeah it, that that just doesn't work um i feel like the best way how we can fix this um one thing that i was mentioning was you know a limit on the number that you can buy um but also i feel like another one would be um like kind of what they do for Dota 2 cosmetics, but a time limit um, where you have to hold the product. Mm-hmm. Um, for essentially, when it comes to uh, the Dota 2 scene, I think it's a three month gap between when you purchase it and when you can finally trade or sell it. Um, so there's something, there's some items that you're just like, I really like that item. But I'm gonna. I have to wait. I have to wait until you know there's more in the market. I have to wait until there's, you know, all of them are potentially out there, and then we adjust. We figure out the price of how, like how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Um, for electronics, I think 
this could be I don't want to say it's even longer, but I do think it could be longer. Like if you are good at let's just say if you buy something, um you shouldn't be able to resell it for like I would say like six months at the lowest. Maybe I, I don't want to say like a whole year, but I feel like a year mm-hmm. would be plenty of time before like you could possibly resell it. Um but Obviously, there's gonna be there's gonna be sites that allow you to do it, you know, without by 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 bypassing this whole thing, um, or like you know meetups where it's you know cash only. But at the same time, like this is gonna be something that at least the UK is acknowledging that people are losing hundreds or even thousands of dollars just trying to get the games that they want to play. Um, because of some people who are just hoarding them or, you know, being greedy about it. Yeah. I think for me, like just the best way aside from legislation to combat it is just don't buy it from a scalper. Like we know that more are coming. Like the production is slow because of COVID. Yes. But I mean, they're selling so well. There's no way that PlayStation or Xbox are just going to be like, you know what? We've made enough money. We're not going to make any more. So, yeah, it's 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 for some people we don't want to wait. You want to get it now, but for the rest of us who are like, my my equipment works just fine. I can wait. I think that's the best way to discourage it, personally. <laughs> but legislation would help too. I sincerely hope that this actually gains some traction. I don't know how it'll affect other industries. Like sneakers, apparently are are, are big on this too, where people will like, um trade like highly sought after like exclusive sneakers but also there's the scalping market there as well so uh this is something going to be something that i i hope to follow and maybe talk more about in the future yeah i i feel like we also have to figure we also have to figure out what point does something become a collector's item versus becoming like you know just a scalped like item right like right some antiques are just expensive or you know in terms of trading cards that i know better uh charizard yeah like charizard like you know you're not gonna go and go out and make another charizard like that right like that is a collector's item right right um but yeah when it comes to like mass-produced like things um i feel like if it's not you know, it doesn't have that level of value. It shouldn't be scalped that like it shouldn't be scalped like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of tough because like we don't know. Like for example, like if a DS Lite, for example, right? Like they don't make those anymore. Um, is that considered a collector's item as a gaming historian, or is it considered like you know, it's it's just an old piece of tech that right people might i don't i don't think people are going to scalp you know ds lights but <laughs> you're not really going to jack that price up i feel like it's just a matter of time before you realize if it's one or the other so now shall we move i think we're finally through all the other non overwatch league 
and Overwatch news. So shall we get into the actual Overwatch content of this podcast? Yeah, the real content that we actually came here for. Yeah, the one the stuff that we were we were assigned to actually talk about. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so after the implosion of the Los Angeles Valiant that we have talked about, um, still feel really bad for those guys. Um, other teams are starting to pick up the slack where the Los Angeles Valiant organization failed. Um, so Lastro has recently been picked up for the Toronto Defiant and Shax has been picked up by the London Spitfire. Um, do you know of any more that I can that have been picked up or is it just those two for now? I think it's just those two for now. I don't okay. think that there's any anything else that has been announced. Um, but I'm really excited to see where the LA Valiant um, roster ends up going because mm-hmm. If anything, there's a lot of rarely very, very good like players on that team. They had such a good offensive line. Exactly. Like they do. They they still do. Um and what happened to them is very unfortunate. But because those pieces are now available, a lot of teams are looking at it. Like, you know that they might not have had the best record like last year, but they're still very good players and especially yeah. if you need to like fix a certain part of your of your roster just go just go and pick them up they still consistently made very good plays like the KS team KSP KSM KSF like there's a reason why we knew their names there's a reason why people are always joking about the KS is because like yeah they have the same pretty much the same uh play, gamer tag but like you couldn't really comment on on their play because it was always so good. Um, my thing though is like like while I would love to see the entire Valiant ro- roster picked up and then dominate whoever the new Valiant are going to be, just for pure spite sake, no matter what team they're on, like all those teams should dominate them. Um, I don't know if other teams are are going to be picking up the rest of the roster because they may have had their eyes on some other players before and then now that this happened it's like do we stick with our original picks or or do we go for the valiant now because monetarily they might not have the budget to pick up a former player um they that player might not fit into what they're trying to build for the team they might not mesh personality wise so this is while we, I like I said about it, it'd be awesome if the other teams could step up and support. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but definitely good on the Defiant and the Spitfire for giving those two players at least the chance to still stay in the league after they were after they were dealt such a bad hand. All right, so here's another here's a a, a story that's um not as happy um. And Kevin, you could probably talk more about this because this is contenders related. But um, there was an article released by who is it by uh, by Inven Global, written by Olivia Yoshi Eggs. Interesting. Um, but the uh, it's an opinion piece. It's called "We Can No Longer Pretend the Overwatch League Is Okay." Um, and the main point of the article, the reason why she believes that Overwatch League is failing, is because there's not really any support for the 
tier two Overwatch scene. I believe the, according to this article, um, the South American path to pro scene was recently axed by the league. Um, and, and it feels like, at least to Yoshi Eggs, that it's kind of like a Hunger Games with the path to pro scene in which just the weakest link is just being cut off and cut off and cut off. And like, yeah, that makes sense financially. If maybe this this region's not performing nearly as well as it is to to be viable, but it's showing that there's there's not as strong of a scene in this game as we would like there to be. Yeah, this is something that maybe not only it just makes me sad. It's just knowing that um, the whole South American region is essentially being axed here. This is a I understand not having the budget to do it, but at the same time, like this is just cutting off an entire region that could potentially have some great stars. Um, and the fact that we're just like, oh, well, we, we just can't support it. It's just, it's difficult. It's a difficult decision. Um, but overall, yeah, this is proving to a lot of people that the path to pro like the the path to pro is not as stable as a lot of people wished it was um and there's no guarantee there there was no guarantee um when it came to this and i feel like that's something that a lot of people have been looking at and needs to kind of be addressed and the it's like if you do well in open division, you go to contenders. And if you go to contenders, you should make your way up to the league, right? Like that should be the end goal. Right. But what we've seen is teams doing really well. And then because there's not only just lack of space, but also just like there, there's not a lot of people watching contenders outside of the people who are using it for the scouting report. Like people don't know about these guys. Like for for me, the biggest one was when they picked up Ons. Uh for the for the SF Shock. People were like, who's who's Ons? Who's this guy? Uh if you watched him in Korean contenders, he was insane. Uh same thing with uh same thing with Tayo. Like I remember the announcement for Tayo. They're like, dude, this this dude, and I was like, Team Japan. 2017 this guy was insane and like he's still doing great in the asia region and all that stuff and he's he's just working his way up here not like a lot of people didn't know who he was um but the second that you know he actually hits the scene and he's doing a lot of work you're like okay this is the reason why they've been watching but it's one that's again it's like that second layer of knowing why players are brought into the league um versus like being surprised when they do get to the league. Um, we we just need a lot more presence for Path to Pro or for um, at least contenders. Once again, like there's not a lot of things telling us when contenders is happening, when there's tournaments, when there's, you know, events, uh, when the teams play, when they're scrimming, how to, how to watch them. Uh, or any support, like even in game, right? Like the only tab that we had was 
the Overwatch League tab, and if anything, that only shows us the skins, right? Um, skins, and then when they're playing, and when they're live. Yeah, like when that. they're live. Like, we need the same thing. Just change the Overwatch League tab to Path to Pro, um, or, you know, Overwatch competitive, like, teams, or something like that. Um, I think Path to Pro is probably the better way of putting it there, but you can have a tab for contenders where if there's a team that you want to follow, um, it will ping you on uh, on Overwatch. It will just say like, hey, this team is playing right now or this team has a game. You like see schedules, all that stuff. That needs to be integrated into Overwatch so we could at least know when our favorite teams are on. Um, but yeah, there, there's been moments where I was just like, well, I want to watch this team. I don't know when they're on. And then I only end up watching the highlights. Mm-hmm. So I really do think there needs to be something for that. And I mean, like there, there's been, even within the league and stuff, the, the league proper, there's been like recent tournaments that have happened, but they haven't really promoted them at all. So I didn't know they were going on until afterward. Yeah, like the the gauntlet the contenders gauntlet that is a huge thing that there's barely anybody talking about it and you know i have amazing friends in the casting world you know um who have been able to cast and really put that on the map for me um so thank you for them for just like letting me know you know these things are happening and they are great um but we just don't have that for the average person and if you don't have friends there, you would never know that these games are being played. Mm-hmm. And then if if the, the contender scene is slowly dying, like does that mean that the league is, is coming up on the chopping, chopping block? Does this mean, like, is, is this the start of really the end of Overwatch League? If they can't... I mean, of course, they're, they're in two different um tiers like people are more paying attention to the league than they ever did with contenders and that's that's i think that's for a variety of reasons including not being not promoting the league uh the not promoting contenders um but eventually like if there's nothing left to cut is the actual league going to be on the chopping block i feel like it's it's a possibility and I don't, I don't want to say that it's for sure going to happen, but um, I can't see this as a potential possibility um, happening. The, the league and the way how they haven't been able to handle their past to pro scene. Essentially, they're just saying like, there's no way how you can prove that you deserve to be up here. Mm-hmm. Um, is kind of a, saying like okay well we have legacy players already there's nobody out here who's going to do anything different um i mean i feel like they could easily go back to the uh to to the old ways of how people would have to gain popularity and kind of find their way um where it was teams are just made on their own right you have tournaments um and teams are just made on their own. There doesn't have to be a whole, you know, circuit or anything. It's just like, all right, have a full open like 
tournament. Like you can't have pro teams and whatnot, but just have people create their own teams, like, and have them prove to the world that they are the best. Um, it doesn't have to always be through a league format. Like we've we've seen it at least in I've seen it in Dota too, where just like teams are made. Uh, they they go and they play and people will sleep on some teams that they're just like, oh, they're they're not great. But they win the whole thing and then they're all uh, all of a sudden like, yeah, that's the best team in the world. Like you you have to just prove it to them. Um, there's no tears. There's no like there's no tears of like who's the best at a certain level. Right. It's more of just which org can build the best team. And who can make who could show results in tournaments? We really need this pandemic to be over. We need to get back to that uh, model that hopefully that can get these teams to actually be profitable. Yeah, I feel like that needs to happen, but also just being able to open safely that is the most important thing. But also to bring excitement back to the game, I feel like it is also on the dev side. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the game right now feels like it's the same game. Um, There's not a lot that has changed. And we're not getting anything new probably until, until the new game, new new game comes out 2022. So this is going to be a long wait for the fandom. So you got to prove to us that you guys are actually doing something great. One last signing that actually happened. Should have talked about this. Earlier, but I, it's out of order in the notes because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so apparently the Overwatch League spoiled Boston Uprising's announcement of signing Valentine. So the Boston Uprising, like, dude, why? Why did you spoil us like that? So they sent them roses to make up for it, which is sweet. <laughs> but roses don't <laughs> unfix the, the, the announcement. Roses uh, don't heal my heart. Exactly. Have you have you seen that? Um, what was it? I think it's the, the the John Oliver thing on like sexual education. That I I've watched this so many times because I did a project on it in, um, in, in college. But it's like he's talking. They're talking about like, oh, what was it? They're talking about like being like sexually promiscuous, and they're talking about like they're using it with an allegory of shoes. They're just oh, yeah. like. Socks don't heal my heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Roses don't heal my heart. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't fix the whole thing. Uh, like, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do for for Boston at that point. Like, yeah, you could say sorry and, and get them roses, but you should send them chocolates too. Uh, that that <laughs> that's something that you could at least eat. To quote, uh, what was it? Beauty and the Beast. Flowers, chocolates, promises you don't intend to keep. Yeah. Oh, speaking of of Boston, also uh, on Twitter, I posted about the uh, the special episode with Avalon that we did. Um, take a look if you haven't listened to him yet. Um, but apparently, the social media manager for Boston didn't even know that Avalon, who plays Megara in Hades, was a model for their jersey. So uh, we taught the Boston Uprising something they didn't know. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> got him. Um, all right, so Kevin, tell us about the Shock the World. Yeah, so BlizzCon announced this whole event during BlizzCon because we do, we can't have the World Cup. 
can't have the World Cup anymore. So essentially, they've scaled down the event to something really small, and it is uh, the San Francisco Shock versus the World. But this is probably one of the most entertaining lineups that I've seen in a long time. Um, just because it looks fun, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like so much fun. So. BlizzCon, if you guys need a quick reminder, it is going to be uh, February 19th and 20th. It is free. It's going to be online, so go ahead and check that out. That's but, next week. Also, Blizzard has not responded to my emails to give us promotional information, so I am sorry, guys. Yeah, so when it comes down to it, Saturday, uh, February 20th at 12 p.m. PST or PT, um, we will have shock versus the world and what this means is members of the san francisco shock um the current team will be facing off against uh other people from anywhere in the world um and it is a best of five competition there's five different mini games um and essentially it's going to be you know three to win the whole thing but uh, they're going to do all of them because why not um it, it's I too fun to do all of them yeah, it, it's too fun not to just call it like three and done, right? Like you have to do the whole thing. Um, but the first one is 12 hooks, one hole. If you've ever played this mode, you know how insane it gets. It's classic. Um, it's great. I love this mode. We do this all the time as practice for the Zomniks. Yeah, so it, it's just a Roadhog over Ilio's well game where you just try to hook your opponent into the hole uh, as quickly as you can. The, the best players... Uh, from both sides, we'll be taking a stab at it. So, for the Shock, it's Glister, Tayo, Smurf, Twilight, Super, and Choi Hyobin are all going to be for Team Shock. On the other side, for Team World, we have a Vast, uh, J3, Emong, and three of the devs um, from the Overwatch team. Um, it's kind of funny that, you know, in 12 hooks, one hole, uh, they got their streamer to face against them. So they did sign Emong as their streamer, and now he's up against them. Uh, getting a taste over here, but I feel like this is just going to be a really interesting like first game. Uh, we, we don't know what the devs could pull out. We, we've seen games before where, uh, where devs will just come in and just be like, all right, I'm going to break the game real quick. <laughs> like, we, we've seen secrets. it. Yeah, they know secrets. They know like cheat codes. I remember in, uh, in Dota, there was one where they were playing against somebody, and he's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna have the main boss fight you. Like I, I he's on my team now. <laughs> like that's that's just things that they can do. So I don't know if they're gonna pull out any shenanigans. We'll we'll see. I love shenanigans. Um, the next game is tactical drawing. I don't know what this means. It could be like Pictionary shenanigans. Yeah, well, we will never know until the actual start of it, but um, they will have Nero and Smurf versus uh, Zoe and Mr. X. So that that's another another one. We we won't know if it's, you know, traditional art, probably in-game art. We we will see. I mean, we um, know Zoe's an artist. Yeah, so this so is kind of a hard one to... That leads credence to me thinking that maybe it's actually going to be like a real art competition. Yeah, it, it, if so, I mean, Team World got drawing quite be? a bit. Does it mean like drawing like lots or something? I I don't. Yeah, I, it could be physical drawings. I, I it could be you know McCree one v ones. We never know. Um, now this middle one 
is probably the biggest one that a lot of people are going to be highlighting. Um, this is Battle of the Boobs. So, 1v1 Lucio. Uh, the Shock have Krusty, as in their coach. Uh, they've been giving him a hard time because they're like, oh, he's plat, whatever. Like, he, he doesn't know how to play. He's not that great. But then you just realize he's got the biggest brain in the world. So, <laughs> uh, Krusty, for Team World, they got the Lucio dad. Yeah. So... It is a good 1v1 look here. Um, so I, I'm really excited that they got this. They're, they're really writing that social media trend, and I'm fine with it. Like This this is going to be a battle that I, I definitely would love to cast and would love to watch. Um, I mean, if you're going against Krusty, you got to have the best Lucio in the world. Yeah, uh, it, that is the way to go. So this just looks like a lot of fun. Like, it... I'm glad that they made sure that this is at least a game three. Um, and we'll we'll keep going. Um, for game number four, it is the chuckle challenge. I'm assuming this is a try not to laugh challenge of Overwatch things. Um, for the shock, the representative is super. Um, and for the world, it is Jeff Kaplan. So I think yeah, laugh at Jeff Kaplan naturally. Yeah, so I, I feel like that's gonna be a little little tough for super, but we'll see. Um, I mean, if Super drew a funny face on his big forehead, we might be able to <laughs> get something done. But we're only speculating, and I'm already chuckling. Yeah, it's just too good. It's it's such a good cast. Um, but yeah, you know, you can't store all the big brain plays without a big big brain. So that, that's the way to go. And the last but not least one is a full on six v six showdown in the classic way possible. Um, the interesting thing I really love this is the lineups that they have. So for the 6v6 for the shock, they have Striker, FD God, Violet, uh, Super Smurf, and Nero. So that is their that is their lineup. For Team World, it is Dante, McGravy, Space, Sleepy, Rascal, and Dogman. I gotta put my money on world because as you know, Dante is my favorite. So I mean I'm sorry, guys. I just I'm going with Dante on this one. As much as I, I the shocker are fantastic, I, I gotta stick with my my boy. Yeah. The the thing that I wanted to point out here is in the 6v6, like when you look at the it is pretty much like the new roster coming out here. Like Nero and FD got are brand new, you know, signs for uh for the shock for the 6v6. Um it is just an interesting mix with you know along with the consistency of striker, uh Violet Super and Smurf. But Team World has three X players who used to play for the Shock. So, you know, you have Dante and Sleepy who were on, you know, uh season one Overwatch League. Um you have Rascal, you know, who hasn't played or, you know, he's announced his retirement, but is willing to come back and, you know, put on a show here. Um, and then you have, you know, McGravy, Space, and Dogman, who are all really great, you know, players in, in, a, in their own right. So, uh, if anything, this is just a really interesting showcase. Um, I, I don't think that this is going to disappoint at all. I think that this is just going to be a lot of really good matches. I feel like the only thing that was missing from this if they could have gotten it like a, a plus one would have been 
to see if Sinatra wanted to come back for any one of these challenges. Um, I feel like that would have been, you know, a big plus one. Like, it doesn't even need to be like an actual Overwatch challenge. It could be like, you know, it could have been the Chuckle Challenge versus Super or something like that. Um, but you know, you can't you can't pass pass up Jeff. Maybe um, he's gonna be like a special surprise guest that they just don't want to talk to us about yet. Yeah, we, we never could know. still be a negotiation. If if he just shows up, if he just like walks up and plays against somebody, I would I would be fine. Like just let him into this whole fun competition. That would be a good um, surprise for the fans. Exactly. Uh but yeah, we we'll see. There's a lot of things that you know, this whole event is it's really big, so just make sure that you watch it on the 20th. Um make sure I know for sure I'm tuning in for the Battle of the Boobs. There's just a lot that it's just too good um, in in this event. And at least BlizzCon, even though we don't have the World Cup, um, we do have, you know, at least some form of event for Overwatch. So everybody can take a peek at it. So I honestly think this would be more entertaining than the World Cup, to be honest. I'd love to see talent from around the world, but like for sheer entertainment purposes, I think this is going to be fantastic. I forgot we there was was a brief story that we could talk about. I forgot to say it at the beginning, but um, so Cyberpunk, uh, CD Projekt Red got hacked by hackers. Um, got a lot of their their private server information. I think some information about the employees as well. Hackers are threatening to leak it. CD Projekt Red said, "We're not going to pay your ransom if you're going to leak it. Leak it." Um, this sucks, but we're not going to bow down to you. So apparently now that information is just, it is either just hit the market or the hackers are reportedly saying they're about to put it on the market. Yes. Cyberpunk was completely flubbed there. There was so much that went wrong with the release. Although I will say I'm still playing it on PS4 and it works fine for me. doesn't look as pretty as it could, but like it's, it's fine. But one, this is terrible. You shouldn't do this to a company just because they flubbed a video game release. And two, um, I think this is, if anything, this is encouraging Blizzard to not release Overwatch 2 before it polishes like it can't polish no more. Yeah, if anything, it's just like, make sure that the game is ready for everyone. Uh, we can't really uh, reveal that. We We want the game to be as good as possible so we don't face this kind of backlash. But I also feel like it is part of the gaming community themselves. Like, they... Like we have such high expectations for our games now that we don't appreciate all the hours and all the stuff that goes into it in order to even make it workable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I, I think the longer a game takes, as long as they flush out all their things or if they know that there's going to be problems and they let us know ahead of time, like we will be fine with it. Um, we'll be down to to just look at it from a step back perspective and just be like, okay, we know that they're going to be growing. They're going to take our feedback and our input and turn it into something that we actually enjoy and love. Alrighty. Then anything else we want to talk about before we call it a week, Kevin? Um, I don't think that there's anything that's like really big. Uh, just make sure that you're not like me and make sure that, uh, you actually do the event 
I think this week is the Baptiste skin. Oh, we we forgot to talk about the the event, even though we said we talk about it. Let's talk about it, it real quick. Okay, what oh. we we usually freak out because Tuesday is the day where things update, right? And you forget yeah. that it happened. Remember, the event started on a Thursday, so we're good. Oh, we still have time. We still have time till Thursday. So Thursday is the day that these events reset. It is weird because, you know, it is a little bit delayed, but we have time. Um, this week, I believe, is uh, the Baptiste skin, the, the hard rock one. Um, I've seen a lot of memes about it with that one and the Brig skin, and it's like, uh, the, the meme is just like, oh, we're doing good. Wait, where's our supports? And they're just like standing completely still. <laughs> and they're just rocks. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Um, there's a new game mode. I haven't touched it yet. Uh, Bounty Hunter. One? Um, in addition to the arcade rotation, rack up points and claim bounties. Uh, the player who gets the first kill of the match becomes a target. Um, after everyone else, a that makes everyone else a bounty hunter. Earn extra points by killing the target. Uh, but be aware, if you land a killing blow on a target, you become the next one. Interesting. So, so essentially, it's like uh who can hang on to the bounty the longest um the the promotional art is like a tracer running away from everyone else so if you kill it you become the target um mm -hmm. but yeah that's something that you got to worry about so this first week once again uh it ends tomorrow yes good we we did this correctly um is the baptiste stone skin uh terracotta medic baptiste um it's supposed to represent, you know, that uh, the terracotta army that they that they dug up. Infamous um, Chinese uh, history. Yeah, so we're gonna have that uh, this week. Next week is uh, a McCree one. Yeah, McCree. It's like a Raven esque um, skin. I think it's okay. Um, and week three is is really spooky uh, Imperial Guard Reaper. So I think that one looks really sick. I'm down for that. So yeah, make sure that you get those done. Um, we were mentioning that it's the year of the ox and we were speculating maybe, you know, a Reinhardt ox skin. We did actually get a bull demon skin for Orissa. So that is something that uh, I'm glad that we got. It is spooky. I don't know if she makes any noises when she's running at you, but there might. Um, they gave Vashon a a dragon skin, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but please stop giving Bastion players a reason to play. Um, we we're we're very scared of Gatling gunfire, and oh dear, uh, our shields are too flimsy to deal with this guy. <laughs> but it it looks like a really cool skin. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, there is like a dove or raven skin for the uh, for Echo. It, it looks really nice. Um, the pale serpent, which we've seen promotional art for. Why is everyone um, so obsessed with this one? I I don't know. I I mean, it, it's a good skin. It's, it's just pretty, like, but like, why are you I, so obsessed? I, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe they're like, ooh, uh, pale serpent, a serpent mommy. I guess I don't know. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I really do like the tiger, the tiger huntress skin for Ash and Bob. Um, 
if you've ever wanted to see what Tony the Tiger looks like in game, uh, just send out Bob. Uh, he, he is great. <laughs> so, but for real, um, it is a really sick skin. It, it just looks really cool. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that they incorporated that. The the rest of them, once again, are the weekly unlocks. Make sure you get those, um, or else you may never get them again. So there's five epic skins. I don't know if there's a couple more emotes this year. Is there? Is there more skins? Uh did we have kite flying last year? I think so. Yeah, so there's no more new emotes. There are more intros. Um so Symmetra has one where she sends out a bull as a shield. That one's actually really pretty cool. cool. Um, we have the the rinse repeat finale uh, diva one, which is the same as the explosion. They changed the hand thing, so it's not exactly the same, but it's just so similar that like I'm not particularly jazzed about it. Yeah, and then the last one is you know the fan dance for Echo, which I think is really cool. Um, but Overall, all these skins look really nice. Um, but yeah, just make sure to get your your skins. Don't procrastinate. Don't be like, don't be like Matt and I. Just get it done, okay? Um, so much procrastination, dude. And yeah, for everything I do, my life is just one big procrastination. Yeah. Um, another thing I know that at least for schools, we're starting to get back into, uh, like actually going back. So. Make sure that if you are listening to us, we're not distracting you from anything. Uh, or if we're distracting you from something, hopefully it's something not productive. Uh, don't listen to us during class. Listen to your teachers, please. Listen uh, to us on the way to best. class or the way from yeah. class. Yeah, the, the two the two seconds, the two steps that it takes to go from the bathroom to your uh, your laptop. You know, or if you're like my friends on the Zomnix, they put us on as background noise. Our uh, so our, our my one of my our so my team captain Kitty her her daughter Letty like like she can tell she knows that we have a podcast because Kitty listens to us in the background so hi Letty okay <laughs> um, also it's it's Valentine's Day this upcoming weekend I believe on Sunday so um, if you are if you happen to have a special someone have a special day. Um, I am single, so I will be probably just doing podcast work and being sad in Rona times. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the cool thing about, you know, being single during Valentine's Day is, one, you don't have to buy anyone chocolate. True. Not you can buy like, yourself chocolate. You can buy yourself the chocolate. The day after, because it's all Oh, sale. yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it's all on sale. And another thing is, like, it gives us an excuse to just, like, stay inside. and Oh, yeah, true. Play whatever. Um, another excuse is I'm not single. I have my waifus. Yeah, and I'm not single. What do you mean? My <laughs> I my 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 body pillow is sufficient. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't. I don't have one. Uh, I I don't. Um, but one I know of the where things to buy one like they have them at, in Little Tokyo. I've seen exactly. them. I've gone to like the stores and it's like, oh, they are actually here. Yeah, they exist. Um, I'm too poor for one though. Of course. Um, but yeah, honestly. Just wait for just make sure that you have a game or something. Uh, block out social media it is going to be very, very pink and red. Uh, try to not get blind by all of the uh, by all of that. Um, if you're single, treat yourself, buy a lot of stuff, stay indoors. Uh, 
and yeah, just just hang out. That's all it really is. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will be back at you next week as usual. If you haven't, please like, rate, and subscribe to us. Listen to our episode with Avalon. Um, and, and yeah, if you have anything you want us to do, want us to talk about, want to see, please let us know. Um, I'm going to try emailing Blizzard again to get them to give us some promotional information and whatnot and press materials. So um, here's hoping for that. And take care, everybody, and we will see you soon. Adios. Next week, we'll scour the internet and update you on any news from the world of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.